0: the denver stiff show i'm your host ryan blackburn at nba blackburn on twitter we are coming to you it's a wednesday night when we are recording this this will come out on thursday morning a lot of stuff going on for this nuggets team lots of stuff going on in the nba around the nba i spent time on tuesday talking just briefly about kobe bryant talking about the the situation that the nba now finds itself in and It's a very sad situation with him, Gianna, the other seven people on that helicopter. And so don't want to get too much into it on this podcast, but I am joined today by senior director of social media, Jenna Garcia on the other line. Jenna, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. You know, we haven't done a pod together for a while. And it, as much fun as I have doing the chicken nuggets and being more creative and trying to come at this whole basketball thing from a different point of view, it's nice to talk to somebody, man. I hear you. <laughs> I'm tired of talking to myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and I do the Nuggets Numbers podcast by myself too. And it's, it's hard to fill all of that airtime. It's hard to fill that space on some occasions. So you're right. It is nice to talk to somebody at the, at this stage. And, and we, we were at the Pepsi center on Sunday when that news broke and it really was surreal when, when things happened and you and I were sitting at the same media table when the news broke, you've had a lot of time to, to digest that situation. We won't get into it too much, but I just wanted to get your brief thoughts on, uh, everything that's that's happened over the last seventy two hours or so
1: yeah it it was definitely a one of those moments you're gonna remember for the rest of your life. It was shocking, and then the fact that it was t m z and that almost everyone seemed to kind of question that authority, which they oftentimes don't get that wrong, yeah so. I don't know why we our first I guess probably just hopefulness right we wanted to hope that it wasn't true so the fact that it was TMZ gave us a chance to kind of have that hope like maybe this isn't real and it was it was just really tough um right after Jamal heard the news from Will Barton on the floor he looked over at me and you know because we were about to go give a ball away to uh kenna marie she won our giveaway ball which is on our social media and everything like that but we were about to go do this like fun thing for a fan and he looked at me like with shock in his eyes and i just shook my head yes like that's what's being reported and it i mean it just that moment will relive in my mind forever when i think about the moment i found out but all I can say really about the topic was that it was it's incredibly hard. I think everyone's mourning in their own ways and obviously like this was a more iconic athlete and member of society than a lot of people even realized. But I think Stiffs has done a really good job. If you guys haven't checked out the like videos that we put out there of player reactions or the audio I put out on the Chicken Nuggets podcast yesterday that included player reactions, um I think that's our job. Our job is to cover what the players feel in this situation, and I think we did that really well. Uh, as far as my reaction, like nobody cares what Kobe meant to me, you know, necessarily. But I think the players and and the emotion that we were able to convey that they went through in those moments uh, that was pretty strong. And Juancho Hernangomez almost had me in tears. Like he was almost in tears when I spoke to him about Kobe's impact in Spain and. Uh, that was something kind of special because he and I got to do that one on one in Spanish where not everybody else really got to hear from him and so right. I would say it was a is a moment that lasts that'll last like in my mind forever.
0: Yeah, I, I will never forget where I was when when that happened, when we were just all sitting around and just waiting for another game and it was a big game, honestly. It was it was that was the real the real backbreaker for me was that for such a large game, for such an important game for this Nuggets team, it just suddenly didn't matter at all. It suddenly was a situation where you didn't really care whether a team won or lost because this was so much bigger than any of that. So I do. You know
1: what, Ryan, on that, on that point, sorry to cut you off. uh, What I saw that happened tonight in the Grizzlies Knicks game made me think like, how short lived that moment really was because you're thinking about these guys who literally just lost Kobe and it was an impactful moment for everybody. I went to the gym last night and I like was like mama mentality, mama mentality. And I'm not like, I wasn't like a, <laughs> a follower of the mama mentality before this ever happened, but it was on my mind. Right. So I was right. like, yeah, I got to go harder. That's what Kobe would do. Cause it, he was on my mind. And for the Grizzlies, to be upset and then, you know, because of somebody trying to take a three-point shot, I get it. There's disrespect there or whatever. But, like, did Kobe's death not teach you anything about, like, how short life is and how stupid it is to waste it, like, with our fists? I'm, I I just thought that was ridiculous and really short-lived. Clearly, that did not impact those players the same way, I guess, it's impacting other people.
0: Yeah, honestly, I, I- – you sound like a really bad basketball person of me. I have no idea what you're talking about. What happened? Like, what's, what's going on? Uh,
1: I guess in the Knicks, Knicks-Grizzlies game, um, Crawford grabbed the ball, like, after, even though they were up by a lot at the end, and he tried to grab the ball and shoot a three and then was shoved to the ground and a whole kind of fight broke out. And I just thought that that was really surprising. After what everyone's gone through, and maybe it's because of what they're going through, maybe their emotions are what's you know bubbling over, and they they don't know how to deal with it, so they're throwing punches. But I just thought that was it was it was unfortunate.
0: Yeah, just kind of too bad. Um, so right. much of so much of what we're dealing with right now, so much of what the entire NBA world is trying to grasp at this point, is so it's this balance between trying to find the importance of what's going on right now, but also trying to reflect on what's been important in our lives. And what's really important. It's the family that we have. It's the relationships. It's the communication with everybody else. It's the, the memories that you share. And nobody's going to remember whether the Memphis Grizzlies or New York Knicks, uh, disrespected the opposing team on a random January night. It's, it's just, I'm in full agreement with you there. That's, that's too bad. Um, Okay. Well, we, we've spent enough time on Kobe here. He is going to be missed. Of course, he's going to be in all of our hearts for a long time. And whether you liked him or didn't like him, I think there's a certain level of respect that everybody has for him in, how he impacted the game, how he became a really great father and, and husband. And it's just a very, very sad thing to see him and Gianna go at this point. So, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk some some Nuggets basketball. We'll get right into it with these injured roster and, and who has stepped up, who has not. We'll be right back. Learn more at Marines.com. Alright, we're back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, joined today by Jenna Garcia on the other line. Jenna, the nuggets are super injured and have been super injured for a long time It is, I think getting to a point where the Tuesday night game against the Memphis Grizzlies was the first moment that it was really evident that man if they had Jamal Murray or if they had Mason Plumley or Paul Millsap or one of these guys that they probably win that game there was just not enough offense not enough ability to score um uh, from each of these guys, from Jamal Murray, you said you you have have been around him at Pepsi Center. Have been talking to him a little bit. How is he looking? You think he you think he gets back on the court anytime soon?
1: You know, I saw his warm up on Sunday, and I thought he looked much better than the last warm up we got to see, which I think was a whole week before that, the Sunday prior. Sure. Because they've been on the road so much, <laughs> but. Um, I saw his warm-up, and I thought he looked really fluid. It didn't seem like he was leaning on his ankle in any kind of weird way or landing strange. Uh, He wasn't limping or anything like that. But Jamal Murray is one of those guys who will play through injury, and I really do hope that he waits and comes back fully healthy. Um, I think Paul Millsap, like, time's up, bro. Time to get back in the game. (laughs) He's
0: been out way too long. And and for what for what he has, it, it started off as like a, a right shin contusion and has turned into a left knee contusion. There's just a lot of contusions going on in his body right now. Um, yeah. But I isn't I, contusion just a bruise? It, it it's a it's a deep bruise. It's it's to me it's the dude is creaky. The dude is is he's got the case of the old itis. Um,
1: <laughs> well, like I don't know, rub some icy hot on it. Like he. <laughs> Needs to come back. It's time. I think as much as Millsap was uh, important to last year's playoffs, and he will be important to this year's playoffs if they head there. Um, I think he's the next one off the off the bench, off the injury bench. I mean, he needs to come back. He's been out long enough, and I feel like a contusion is much easier to play through than a, a ankle injury, like where you're getting MRIs, like Jamal Murray is versus Plumley who just got injured, you know, it's time for Millsap to come back, play through some of the struggles. He might not look as good on the floor, but at least he's back. He's a defensive presence.
0: Yeah, Plumlee's injury was was given an initial two- to four-week timetable. He's only been out for about a week now, so I wouldn't expect him back at all this week. So maybe he could come back against the Portland Trailblazers on February 4th, but that's that's about as early as I could see him go back, and I could honestly see them holding him out until the All-Star break and, and till he, until February 21st is the first game that the Nuggets come back. And so the difference between February 4th and February 21st in terms of recovery time is two and a half weeks. That would mm-hmm. be great for him, I think. And if the Nuggets can survive without him, that will help everybody out, I think.
1: That's um, the thing, though. Without Plumley, you can survive. But without Jamal, without Millsap, how how much surviving can the Nuggets continue to do? And then you have last night where, you know, looks like Jokic bangs knees with Valanchunas. And you're wondering, you know, if Jokic goes down, it's over. Season's yeah.
0: over. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was done so. <laughs> a little bit frightened, not going to lie. Because, I mean, when you have the backup center and the starting power forward down already, I mean, there's... There's just only so much you can do when the entire engine of your offense goes down. So it was nice to see him get back into it. You hope that he doesn't have like a a, a lingering bruise on that knee because if, if he's hindered in any way, then that could really hurt things. But with regard to Millsap, I, I wouldn't expect... I, I know that Murray, Millsap, and Plumlee were, were all designated out for the Thursday night game against the Jazz. My guess is that they're going to be out for the next game against the Bucks too. There's a possibility I think that Murray could be back on Sunday. Um that's that's Super Bowl Sunday at Detroit, which by the way, that is a 10:30 a.m. start time here in Denver, Colorado. That is absurd. And when the when, <laughs> On Super Bowl Sunday. yeah, and I know I know what the NBA is trying to do, where they're trying to kind of shoehole a few games in before the Super Bowl. They don't want any games to conflict with the Super Bowl because it would be terrible for ratings. But the fact is, in a league where sleep is so important, in a league where these guys are traveling nonstop, they go to bed at six a.m. Having them play a game at ten thirty Mountain, even though it's it's at twelve thirty in detroit time that's that's absurd to me it's it's way too early for a basketball game when these guys are asked to play at nine o'clock ten o'clock uh all all the way up till midnight at, at certain times so that's it's just atrocious in my opinion
1: yeah i would say murray's out even for that game i think he comes back that following tuesday i think it's the first home game back and i think that's the first time they let him back on the floor just I mean,
0: it's the Pistons. I think they think they can get through it without him. Sure. I, I certainly hope that they could get through it without him. The Pistons are <laughs> awful. Uh, they are so bad. Um, but, I mean, these these next couple of games are going to be interesting. Uh, let's talk about some of the people that have kind of stepped up in their place because I think that's, that's a really important piece of this conversation. Uh, with Murray, Millsap, and Plumlee out, a lot of the guys that have kind of stepped into larger roles – Will Barton has become the de facto starting point guard. Torrey Craig has stepped into the starting lineup. Jeremy Grant has stepped into the starting lineup. Which, if any, of those three has impressed you the most over the last couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I mean, Will Barton has been impressive all year, so I'm going to have to go with Jeremy Grant. I just think that he had much bigger shoes to fill I think the gap from where he was to what he needed to be at to fill uh Millsap's role is was bigger and he's really stepped up especially his offensive game he's given a good offensive spark I mean obviously I think I said earlier on high volume of shots but right. hey, if you're gonna hit him go for it
0: yeah absolutely uh Paul Millsap has been has long been kind of the linchpin for this team like whenever he went down whenever he sat out games they were always going to struggle. So Jeremy Grant he, he had a, a large shoes to fill like you said and I think it's fair to say that over the first 30 35 games or so the only thing that Jeremy Grant really did well was shoot. He he hit high percentage shots from 3 wasn't really doing a lot else wasn't rebounding the ball wasn't playing great enough defense and the Nuggets were actually really bad comparatively when he was on the floor. But over the last few weeks, I think Nuggets fans have to admit to themselves that Jeremy Grant's been wonderful. Perhaps they're their third or fourth best player during that stretch. Um, I know that there, there are a couple people who will mention Barton in that case and Michael Porter Jr. and guys like that. But I've just been really impressed with what Jeremy Grant has done. Like you said, he's been... Rebounding the ball really well on the offensive end. The Nuggets have been able to run. They've he's spaced the floor really well. He takes guys off the dribble. He's developed some good chemistry with Nikola Jokic. Just very impressed and I can totally see him being the power forward starter next year.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I had predicted preseason that he would start for the Nuggets by the by the playoffs. Um, just because I predicted that I I thought that Millsap would be banged up by that time. And lo and behold, he's on the injured list. So uh, I think it could be even sooner that he starts. But if Millsap is really healthy, healthy and playing like he did in last year's playoffs, Millsap probably beats him out this season. I think the only thing Jeremy really still needs to work on before I would say he outwins Millsap on my list like every time would be defense there's still some defensive breakdowns he has really long arms so he can recover in some of those situations and on the on the wing um I don't have the numbers right in front of me but just his defense on the wing and then being able to be on the move as well closing out and then getting back into the paint I just think that Millsap's more of a defensive threat
0: yeah they they play different kinds of defense I think and Jeremy Grant's done a really good job kind of one-on-one. He's, he's faced guys like Kawhi Leonard and Brandon Ingram and had these stretches where he's played really well kind of in a one-on-one game defensively, and that's, that's probably what his game is going to be. However, Paul Millsap's probably the more impactful defender, like you're saying, just because he's always in the right place. He's always rotating over. He's helping the guards out so that when they get beat... They they don't look completely foolish. Uh, right. He's he's super important in that case. So I I, t- I totally hear you. Totally agree with you. Um, uh, I I wonder who's going to play more in the playoffs though. I I have a strong feeling that Jeremy Grant is going to play more minutes. So sure,
1: won't matter who starts, but who ends kind of the game.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's talk about another guy in that situation. We we mentioned Will Barton briefly. I think he needs credit for what he's been able to do, kind of stepping into that de facto point guard role. I don't think he's been great uh, by any stretch of the word. I think he's actually been relatively inefficient, but he's been good enough, and he hasn't turned the ball over, and that's really what the Nuggets need. They need to get the ball to Jokic and... Let him do most of the work, and and that's what Jokic has done. He stepped up really well. Not a lot to talk about with Jokic, of course, just because that's <laughs> Jokic. That's just that's just who he is. Right,
1: he's doing him.
0: That's just that's just he's the guy there. So you got to talk about MPJ though a little bit. Yeah, I was just just I I wanted to hold off because I I know we we talk <laughs> about him a lot, and I've 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 spent. A hundred minutes of podcasting on Michael Porter Jr. In all likelihood,
1: not every podcast is about Michael Porter Jr. Ryan.
0: Yeah, I hey, I I I hear you. I hear you <laughs> trying to trying to delay it as much as possible. But I think the the factor here that people need to really respect with him no matter no matter who you, no matter what your feelings on him being a future superstar or whether he's good now, he has been their best shooter. It's it's undeniable at this point. He's shooting forty three percent from three on the season. Over the last, or over like since January, he's been like the second best catch and shoot shooter in the NBA. That's absurd. That's that's getting to the threshold where you play no matter what. Like in in any situation, you play just because. Most teams need that spacing. Most teams need a guy who, when they throw the ball, they can feel confident he knocks the shot down. So what have you seen from Porter over these last few games in January that's giving you both excitement and maybe some pause? Well,
1: you know me. I've had pause on MPJ from the get-go. That sounds like I said pause like hands. (laughs) I meant like no. God. I mean... Like, I've been hesitant about him. I've been hesitant about him as, uh, you know, what he was really bringing to this team. What I will say, I, I mean, I still see some breakdowns defensively, but what I will say about him is that his confidence has really stepped up. I don't think he's where he was when he was, that state of mind you're in when you're first starting out in the league. And it's scary to put up a shot. It's nerve-wracking when you see whoever's Russ whoever's coming at you and he has left that realm or that stage of entering the NBA and he's on to the next phase where he knows he can knock down shots with these guys he knows that he can hit big shots and tough shots I will say I think I've gained some respect for him in that, that aspect that he has hit some tough shots that I did not expect him to hit and I want him to get to that next level. I want him to take that next step where he's like hitting the, those tough shots consistently and making the right call consistently on when to shoot and stuff. There was a play, gosh, I think it was it the other night. Was it last night or I don't even remember because
0: the game's just. Yeah, I think, I think what you're talking unlucky. about is new Orleans where he, he kind of grabbed the ball and just shot a leaning mid ranger. just, just, like completely willy-nilly and it was a terrible shot and it missed and it was really bad and he looked really bad um no that's not the one i meant oh well i by all means <laughs> hey what do you mean
1: <laughs> see you're just so used to me always being negative about him i was thinking about it there was a different moment where he um he was right at the top of the key with monte and he like called for the ball from really aggressively from monte and monte like didn't get it to him as quickly as he wanted and he just dished it back and Monte hit the big shot and thinking it was Sunday's game.
0: Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we were talking about it in that moment like he knew that he would draw the defender in that situation and because Monte got it to him a little bit late, he drew the defender even harder and was able to make the right decision and those like those are the moments that I'm thinking like go with that, you know, continue down that path MP- MPJ, please, you know, follow The yellow brick robe that you're you know seeing because he's seeing it he just needs to see it more consistently and um that makes me really excited about him honestly like it makes me really excited and i think it really begs the question ryan like do the nuggets need to think about starting mpj
0: it's it's the one that i've been wrestling with for a long time and there are going to be situations where I think the answer is probably yeah. I think there's there's definitely a reason to start MPJ in, in a lot of different cases. Um, you could make the case that against certain playoff teams where if they don't have this this elite small forward that he has to guard on a regular basis, that yeah, he could probably be the starter. He could probably be the guy who gets to benefit from from the extra space that Jokic creates, that playing with Paul Millsap and Jamal Murray and Will Barton, for example. If he's in that situation and he's the fourth or fifth option and he consistently gets opportunities on the weak side as a shooter, he's shown the ability to knock those shots down. So I I think that there we're probably one or two steps ahead but it's it's trending that way, and I'm surprised he's only started one game so far, like, with everybody out. Um, I'm mm-hmm. surprised that Tory Craig has started as many games as he has. But that, that might change. It might not change. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know uh, what it
1: sounds like when we talk about this situation? What? It sounds just like last playoff season, they're in the series against the Spurs. You got Will Barton starting because Malone has decided that he will ride Will Barton, ride or die for Will, and he stays with Will through the end of that season and into that first round of playoffs. And then he is literally forced to put Tory Craig in instead of Will Barton because Tory is defensively better in that matchup and is actually on a shooting streak. Yeah, a little different for Tory last <laughs> playoffs than currently, yeah. but on a shooting streak. And Malone has to play him, and that's the exact feeling I have about MPJ right now. Is like, Malone is riding his veterans to give them the confidence and the buy-in to keep performing. Because you give the rookie a spot at the table right off the bat, he didn't do that. No, he made him work for it. Now MPJ's showing that he deserves to be here, and eventually there's going to be a moment when it's like, Malone stuck with you guys for so long, but he can't make excuses anymore. This guy has to start. And when that moment comes, he has his veterans accepting that decision instead of fighting him on that decision because he did ride them so far in the season.
0: Yeah, and it's like you can already see that happening with, I mean, Torrey Craig hasn't hasn't played extremely well, but he's been in situations where Sometimes he is the best option, and defending Russell Westbrook against the Houston Rockets, that was the situation where you want him out there for sure. Um, but Gary Harris has just, is he's, he's, there's, there's a lot to not like about what's been going on with him lately. So I do agree. I think that it might come down to a situation where, hey, if your spot-up shooter isn't hitting shots and he's not playing enough defense, then you may have to go all offense, or you may have to go in certain situations to the guy who just hit shots a little bit more. So I'm very curious to see not only how this plays out in the playoffs, but if something happens at the trade deadline where a decision is made for Michael Malone, where one of the players is traded and, and there's a mandate that is made to play certain guys. And we won't talk about the trade deadline at all, but I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious. So tell you what let's take a quick break when we come back we're going to do two things we're going to talk about the all-star rosters thus far we're going to take guesses on who's getting voted as a reserve on thursday night and then we're going to talk about that rotation we're going to circle back to it i think we we made mention of it before there's a lot of questions we're going to see what happens we'll be right back Welcome back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm Ryan Blackburn. Joined again by Jenna Garcia. We're going to break down some all-star rosters here. We're going to then talk about the rotation after, but all-star rosters, East starters were voted upon and and then selected on last Thursday, I believe it was. Uh, Trey Young was selected in the East, Kemba Walker, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam. Um, First of all, with any of those five guys, did you did you like those selections from the East? Did you think that there was anybody that was more deserving, or did they get it right? Um,
1: I was surprised by Kemba, just because I I I was surprised more like I can't believe he's still doing what he's doing and being a starter for the Eastern Conference. You know, just because he's been in the league so long. Sure. And the rest of them, though, I wasn't all that surprised or anything just because it's more of a popularity contest uh and than anything and so i just feel like it's whatever who cares who starts i think it's an honor obviously to be invited but
0: i don't know good for trey young yeah i was i was he was the guy that i was thinking and and while i have certain thoughts on his defense and and why that matters and the fact that he's on a team that i don't think is in the double digits and wins yet. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, but the dude put up 45 points and 15 re- or fifteen assists over the weekend in one game.
1: Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. And That's pretty big. He
1: worked the nuggets.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: He's... She toasted them. <laughs> Both in times. In fact, I know for a fact that in Monte Morris's house, you're not allowed to say the name Trey Young because he <laughs> roasted him so hard, and they get, he gets so mad. Oh You're you not allowed to say it. I know.
0: I mean, it's it's deserved too. Trey is just he was a he's a wonderful offensive player, and the efficiency may not be there. Sometimes he may turn the ball over a little bit too much. Uh, sometimes he takes some wild shots that don't have any chance of going in, but sometimes they do, and they've gone in a lot. And he. Is such a great passer he reminds me of steve nash uh just somebody who controls the entire offense and once he once he gets a better uh, supporting cast around him i think he's going to look pretty good yeah. um as for the other guys i didn't really have any issues with it i actually think that kemba walker deserves it just because boston is, is in a really good position right now they're uh they are i think second or third in the east right now and i think they deserve an all-star um
1: yeah, no. I was saying more like it's impressive that he still like deserves to be there, still doing what he does on the floor, despite like how long he's been in the league already.
0: It's it's it goes so fast because I remember him coming into the league. I think it was like 2011, and that that's a long time for NBA players now. It's it's crazy to see his I mean, transition. He's one
1: of the greats in, at his position. He's. I guess he'll be here a couple
0: more years probably. Oh yeah. Um, and and I think it's it, it has to be said that look, the West is a little bit stronger than the East in terms of the actual playing talent. Uh, Damian Lillard is gonna be off the bench and that's uh I think I would take Dame over either Trey or Kemba at this point. Um, oh for sure. Yeah, and, and Steph Curry's not even playing. I think I would I know I would take Steph Curry over either of those guys. So uh, yeah but he, in the, in either case uh, let's look at the east reserve candidates because I think there are are en- enough guys to be deserving that we should give them credit for um in the east is is there maybe one two or three guys that you think these guys have to be in the all-star game
1: yes and I feel like all of them come from the Miami heat like mm. I don't know if you've gotten to watch the Miami Heat but they are really really fun to watch. Oh yeah they are one of my favorite teams to watch right now. Jimmy Butler not being a starter for the Eastern Conference a little bit bugged me um, but I think it's the whole front court backcourt situation when he's more of like a point guard but they listed him you know differently or whatever so he doesn't didn't get the make the cut but I think that's ridiculous. He's been playing phenomenal with them. And Bam Adebayo, I love watching Bam Adebayo play basketball. He's really fun to watch. I mean, there were eleven games in that Grizzlies game last night. Eleven blocks in that Grizzlies game last night. So, I guess it was like watching Bam
0: Adebayo. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's awesome. Think about basically if Nikola Jokic had just a little bit less passing skill and could literally jump through the moon, he is. Unbelievable. I, I really enjoy watching Bam play. That's that's I think one of the big regrets for the Nuggets front office is that they traded the 13th overall pick in the 2017 draft and he went fourteen. Um, even more so than Donovan Mitchell. Like I mean, I know I know Mitchell's great, but and he's gonna be an all-star, but so is Bam. Bam's gonna be an all-star too, Bam. the guy right after him. So I I love watching Bam play. Uh, another couple of guys that I would throw in there, uh, Chris Middleton from the Bucks. I think he just had 51 points in a game without Giannis and just is wonderful. I, I, Not enough good things can be said about Chris Middleton as like a six-foot-eight forward who's just very skilled, uh, not quite at the level of a LeBron or Kawhi or Paul George or a guy like that, but he's like right in that next tier. And he definitely deserves mm-hmm. to be an all-star for me.
1: Yeah, I can't, and I will not. I refuse to get on the Ben Simmons train. I just, I just
0: Ooh, can't do it. That's interesting. I'm not a fan. So you wouldn't have him in the game? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I hey, I, I, by that. I, I get by it.
1: it. I just, you have to be able to hit a three-point basket to play in the NBA nowadays. Like. It just, I don't know, it's just, and I will yeah. say, okay, I, I hated on Nikola Jokic's game when he first came into the league too, the way he played, and Ben Simmons is a very good passer, but I just don't think you're an all-star if you're a good passer, like you gotta be more than a great passer, you also have to be a great finisher, a great shooter, I don't know. He's shooting with the wrong hand. I, he,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you're on the I you're on the Kevin O'Connor order. train. <laughs> I'm on whose side? The the Kevin O'Connor train.
1: Is Kevin O'Connor? Kevin O'Connor is a huge Ben Simmons fan.
0: He is, but he also has been saying for years that he is shooting with the wrong hand, that he should be shooting oh, with his know right he hand. Said that. Oh I, yeah,
1: I have thought that every ever since I've ever sh- seen him shoot the basketball, I just am like. I can't figure out which hand he's shooting with, <laughs> See, and then when I do figure it out, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it looks right. It like try the other hand. It, it would be it, cool if it was if it was really interchangeable, you know.
0: It honestly him, looks like he's holding it for a right-handed shot, and then the way it rotates out of his hand, you're like, oh, I guess it's coming out of your left hand. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so optical illusion
1: in basketball. Uh,
0: yeah. I, throw
1: people off that way.
0: Does it does it matter that I think he's probably the best perimeter defender in the NBA right now?
1: Wow, that is quite the accolade. Wow. Man, the I should get Ben Simmons then.
0: <laughs> but not an all-star. No. <laughs> I, I I think he deserves Wait, it. If
1: I saw him play more often, I'd
0: agree. Yeah, I, I think he deserves it. He's unstoppable when he gets to the rim and the yeah. way that he can pass is, is really impressive, and the way that he defends is really impressive. The shooting is obviously going to be a stain on everything that he does, but in, in my opinion, I think it's it's less important than the ability to defend every position. I, I, I'd prefer to have somebody who can guard one through five than somebody who shoots,
1: especially with yeah. the other
0: things that he can do.
1: The All-Star game, I just I guess I always think of the All-Star game as more of a shooting kind competition than defense because nobody plays defense in the all-star game so if the best thing he does is play defense then he can be an all-defensive player at the end of the year but he doesn't need to be on
0: the all-star team because hmm. guess we're gonna have a fun discussion about rudy gobert <laughs> later uh <laughs> uh and other other guys in the east that i think probably have a good case jason tatum and jalen brown from the celtics i think are good options. If one of them doesn't get voted in, I would understand, but I think one of them has to make it. Um, you had you had Kemba, you had... What about Bradley Beal? He's he's kind of in the same situation as Trey Young.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't think Beal will get in. I, I definitely had him on like the top of my list of maybe, but I just don't think he'll get in this year with the Wizards being so bad. I don't know, man, I guess, I guess it could go either way with how the voting works nowadays, but I think he's, he's, he has a good case for himself, but like if Tatum and, um, gosh, Morris, did you say,
0: or Jalen Brown,
1: Brown, I always confuse Brown and Morris, but yeah, if Jalen Brown's getting in, that's taking Bradley Beal's
0: spot. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It'll be interesting to see what happens because you're going to have you're going to have Jimmy Butler. You're going to have uh, I think you're probably going to have Ben Simmons. uh, Yeah. Even even if he's not somebody who you think is going to be on, I think because it's the coaches I think that put him on, and I think that they care about defense at least enough that they're going to put him in. Um, Sure. So you'll have those two. You'll have Chris Middleton. You'll have. Maybe Bam Adebayo. What about Demontis Sabonis? I think he's one that that should probably get into. We saw him play a couple so of times with with Indiana. Uh, he yeah. was he was here, then then Indiana kind of kicked Denver's butt when he was here, uh, and he did it too. Like he was, it was really him. Um,
1: right. He put that team on his back and did it. That was really crazy. Um, yeah, I think he's probably earned a spot. I don't. I since coaches are picking i think he'll get in if it had been left up to whatever the popular vote was i don't think he'd get in i don't think he's known well enough
0: by yeah fans. um kyle Lowry is another guy who could get in but there there are enough candidates in the east that i think it's it's pretty uh it's it's a, it's stacked enough that it's not as embarrassing as as it's been in the last few years uh where yeah. goran dragic got into the game like that was I was a little bit skeptical at that point, but okay. Do you have any parting thoughts on the East? Nope. All right, then let's move to the West. Let's uh, let's talk about the West starters. Harden, Doncic, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi all got in. Unsurprising on all of those guys. I personally would have had Jokic in over Kawhi because the way that Jokic has put the nuggets on his back and the way that Kawhi... Sits out very frequently. I, w- I would reward Jokic, but neither here nor there. Uh, did you have any arguments with the West starters? Sure.
1: I am just kind of excited to see Doncic and Harden on the floor at the same time because they have a really similar game.
0: Right. They really take really similar shots. I think it'd be
1: like very interesting to have all five of those guys. Um, on the floor at the same time, and just figuring out, like, okay, so if LeBron is doing point guard, then you got Harden and Doncic who are wings and kind of doing their step back thing, and then you have Kawhi going one on one, ISO, and Anthony Davis just picking up all the lobs. Like, the East has no chance against this team. Are you yeah. kidding
0: me? <laughs> I no, I, I totally, totally agree. West level. is just so much stronger. Um, are they doing the, the draft this year again? I don't remember. Are they, are they doing like the, the East West mix for the, for the game or.
1: Oh, I forgot that they did that.
0: I, I don't remember. Um. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. it. Well, we'll see. But we'll, I think
1: the starters are
0: the starters. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're team. definitely, well, I think they're, the starters are definitely going to, they're going to be the first 10 people on the floor. But I think if they're doing a draft, then they could be mixed up. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. I all those guys are are probably the better than anybody on their other side, except for Giannis. Like I think Giannis, the best player in the NBA. The next five or six or seven guys are all in the West. So, um, let's look. Let's look at the reserves then. I think we we would both agree that Jokic deserves to be there course of course we're right? the home team come on yeah I mean he I I think he almost had a case for being a starter so he, he deserves to be on the floor there other guys that I think have a kind of a rock solid case are uh, Damian Lillard I think he's oh, for sure definitely in that mix there uh, I would have Rudy Gobert as a as an all-star lock what about you
1: is this cuz you're you don't want to see him cry again this year?
0: Is that it? I, I mean, would it would We're it be bad team. if I left him off because I wanted to see him? I I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That'd be worse. It would I be guess. much worse, much worse. Uh no, don't I think just put him on the list cuz he cried. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, no, I think he deserves it. I think the the jazz have two guys that I think are very deserving of being an all-star this year. Mitchell drives their offense. Gobert drives their defense, and they've been great on both sides. So hard to really argue with either of those two. I would say.
1: See, I feel like Gobert's reaching his Millsap years. You know, for Nuggets fans to understand us, I think Gobert is reaching those years, his Millsap Denver kind of years, where he's starting to. He's very good at facilitating the defense, like, the defense, as you described Millsap earlier, Millsap taking on, like, and fixing other people's defensive mistakes, but I don't see him as, like, a good one-on-one defender anymore. I don't, I I feel like he's, he's lost something. He's lost a step from where he was last year.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched him enough, and we're going to get a really good look uh, on Thursday night, see what, see what he does on that night. Uh, I I really want to yeah. see how Jokic and Gobert play against each other because like you said it'll be a one-on matchup, one-on-one matchup at times and I don't know if that's Gobert's game but he's also like 7 foot 2 with a 7 foot 8 wingspan or something absurd. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing how Jokic battles that and if he comes out on top because he may not like Gobert has had success against Jokic in the past so i think i think he's in uh i think that enough guys especially enough forwards in the western conference have been injured you have Paul George who's been injured uh Cat uh, Carl Anthony Towns has been injured and on an awful team at least Gobert's on a sure. team that wins like the the I saw a stat that was really funny that uh, Carl anthony Towns hasn't played in a game where the Timberwolves have won since the month of November. Wow. It's that like is... January 28th. Yeah. That is jarring. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So, I, I, I'm I going to hold him out of my, my All-Star game, uh, my All-Star Ballet. What do you think about that?
1: Holding out Cat?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I mean... He's probably injured anyways. He can't play. <laughs> so
0: I, what? I thought it's he not came to
1: hurt his feelings
0: yeah, if he doesn't get in. I thought he came back, but uh but no, he's he's definitely like when he's on the floor, he's deserving. Like he's he's one of the most talented offensive players in the league, but he's not on the floor a ton and the defense has been awful. So gotta
1: sure. see you said that about Kawhi too, and I I just that doesn't bug me. Like Kawhi sitting out of games because it's better for him in the long run, I wouldn't take away him being an all-star for that. Like, he's still top five, if not top two in the world, you know. So, uh, depending on where you sit on Giannis, at least my opinion. Um, But I don't really, like, if Cat can play and his game, whether he's playing it, I mean, if he's playing it, when he's in the game, if he's consistent and getting those numbers and reaching, you know, being far and beyond one of the greatest at that position, then he should be in the all-star game. Like, it doesn't matter if it's been in 12 games. I guess, like, if you get down to really tiny numbers, like he's only played three games, then how are you going to make him an all-star? Sure.
0: Yeah, and and there is something to be said. Like, okay, hey, you know that this guy's like, a top 10, top 15 player. You should probably put him into the game uh, because the all-star game is to showcase all of the, the talents. But I think it's also on a year-by-year basis because – when we tell the story of the 2019-2020 season, I think is going to be more a part of that than Carl Anthony Towns is. It's it's uh, it's uh too bad because Cat is probably better, in my opinion. But it, it just doesn't matter. Because, because like we're going to be seeing Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. We're going to be seeing if he can stay on the floor in, in those situations unlike years past. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that's that's a – it's an interesting debate for sure. Um, but there are enough deserving candidates this year in the Western Conference especially that I think you can you can hold out a guy like Kat. Like Devin Booker, for example. He's been dope. He's been awesome. Yeah. He, um, he was on my list. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, he's been really good too.
1: Definitely. Most definitely. Ingram has to get in. I – highly doubt he doesn't make it
0: yeah um donovan mitchell like we, we uh, mentioned him
1: i know you, you're actually nice to the jazz i am not a big jazz fan like not that i only cheer for or only put people in who i'm a fan of but like uh i think you think higher of them than i do but yeah. you're probably right you will be seeing them in the playoffs and you won't be seeing cat in the playoffs. I just. And that's kind of like good for Rudy Gobert. Like you're the hardworking defense team, like the grit grind kind of teams. That's what the Jazz are when I think of them. But I still think Cat's better.
0: I don't know. Sure. And and I guess it's it's more of a philosophy for me that I think you have to be on the floor in order to earn it. Um, sure. You, like, it, it can't just be an entirely reputation-based award. Uh, but it is what it is, See? and and maybe that maybe this changes with the All NBA conversation at the end of the year. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what it really should be for, and we should just be voting for the best players in the All Star game. I don't know. It, it's this is just my personal opinion.
1: The Michael Malone is strong in you.
0: Oh, it's he's rubbing off on me <laughs> in all the best ways. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else? Uh, there aren't that many other great candidates like Chris Paul, maybe. Up.
1: yeah i was I don't think Paul make it I don't know that he's deserving
0: of it you don't, don't think know. that you don't think that the thunder deserve a guy who is representing them
1: gosh can it be danilo instead
0: <laughs> he he'd certainly be the his game is much more attractive for an all-star game that's for sure yeah um, so is he by the way he's great yeah um, <laughs> Um
1: am uh, I, hey, don't know, I it's,
0: you know that. For sure. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I think that Chris Paul's been their best guy. Uh but if you didn't have a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder in the game, then that's probably okay. They've got a lot of really good guys, and I think Chris Paul's in that category, but I wouldn't be mad if he was not in the game. What uh, about Carmelo? No. God no. <laughs> the the did Trailblazers can't or- the Trailblazers can't have two guys, and if you're going to have another guy in there, it's got to be CJ. It can't be Carmelo. Come on now. That's like putting in Derek Rose.
1: Respect
0: <laughs> your elders. Ugh, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, any other guys that, that I didn't mention that you think should be in the game? Nah. Nah. Yeah.
1: I, I really hope Ingram makes it, though. Yeah,
0: he's he's... Put a lot of guys on his back. I mean, the, the Pelicans have been in a really tough situation without Zion. But having mm-hmm. Ingram out there has been really good for them. He's been he's been awesome.
1: Okay. Well, before we move on to the rotation, what the heck about this? What is this Rising Star game and how they're totally promoing it, Zion versus John Morant? And no mention of MPJ whatsoever. Zion has played, like, for two minutes, people.
0: It's, you know, it's all it's all clicks. And John Morant's getting a lot of clicks right now. Zion's getting a lot oh, of clicks. MPJ and... gets
1: clicks. If this is a clicks comp- competition, <laughs> MPJ wins the clicks competition. We should... He's better looking than Zion. <laughs> he he's, um, has more swagger than Zion. he takes Zion down. He'd take him out if this was a click competition.
0: Yeah, but, but would you rather see, like, sweet shots or sweet dunks high-flying dunks uh and even like i hope
1: can barely i mean he can get up there and stuff and he got he has a good dunk obviously it's powerful but i don't know if he should be dunking all that much he's barely been back he needs to just take it easy on his body but lose a little more weight so that when he does jump up and dunk it's not so much pressure on his knees
0: yeah i mean I don't disagree with you. I think they should both get in. I think they're they're both going to get in. We'll find out on Friday. And I think uh um, What's your percentage?
1: What do you think? Cuz I haven't heard a lick about MPJ in I, any sort of rising stars news.
0: I think he's getting in. I think it's like a, an 85-90% chance that he gets in. He he right. has been very capable. I think the the NBA world knows who he is. And they want to see him in this game. Like he he was the number one national recruit in high school in his class. And so that that still holds weight and people still care yeah, about that. So. Clicks, Zion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> number one. <laughs> now I'm defensive of MPJ. I've really come full circle. Oops. Uh <laughs> yeah, that that's weird. That's that's definitely weird. A little bit. Uh, okay. Last thing before we get out of here. We've we've gone over by by just a little bit so let's get let's do this really quick the rotation going forward for this nuggets team let's say that after the all-star break no trades have been made uh everybody this roster is the same jamal murray paul Millsap, mason Plumley are healthy who are you starting who who are the five starters
1: after the all-star break Am I trying to guess who Malone is starting, or am I putting out my top, my five?
0: We can discuss both.
1: I would. Gosh, if I was doing my five, I would have Murray, Mil, uh, Murray, Barton, Grant,
0: Gary Harris, and Jokic. So you would you would move Paul Millsap to the bench going forward?
1: Yeah, just to improve his to preserve him, to preserve. Gosh, we sound like he's like a dying. He's
0: not that old. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we yeah. I no, won't go there but the body. uh yeah, no I, I I hear you. I think it's tough. It's a really tough conversation. We've seen that we've seen that lineup before, and, and when everybody's been healthy, and it hasn't really been great. Um, so I I don't think that they go to it, but they they will play it. They will play it for sure over this over the the closing stretch to try and figure out if that's something they can do. Uh, but I think Millsap is the starter. I think he gets back into that group, and I think what, what Malone will actually do is just return to his normal starting five. Um, well, that's
1: why I asked, are we doing Malone's Yeah, or mine? Because mine would be to start Grant, but I think Malone will go back to his
0: starting five. Agreed. Uh, because he's kind of boring in that way. Now, mine, predictable. mine would be to go with uh, Murray, Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic.
1: This is how good I am at this. I knew you that was your one. That's <laughs> why I went with Grant instead of that lineup because I was thinking, you know what, Ryan's gonna go with that
0: Well, and I went with Millsap too. I think that I, I think he's still valuable, and I think that there's definitely still a reason to put them to put him out there. He covers for a lot of Jokic's like deficiencies on that end in a way that Grant really can't. Um, right and Porter is a guy that I think that they have to start working into the, the starting rotation at some point, but that's what I would do. And then I would bring in Jeremy Grant as the first sub off the bench. And I would bring in Gary Harris as the second sub for Michael Porter Jr. So that you get back to that lineup that you were talking about with Murray Harris, Barton, Grant, Jokic. Um, Right. But there's, there's a lot of, like there's a lot to like about those combinations. And my hope is that, Michael Porter Jr. stays as a twenty minute per game guy. I don't think he will. I think he'll go down to about fifteen minutes per game, and that's really too bad.
1: You know, I, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I think that he's proven that in twenty minutes he's gonna give you double digits, then he better be playing and be a significant role player off the bench. If that's if Malone goes back to his regular five like he like we know he will. Yeah. I think you got he's he's got to play mpJ 20 minutes no matter what and that means you're probably cutting some of uh Gary Harris and some of will Barton's minutes unfortunately
0: well I, I don't even know if that's unfortunate because those guys are have a propensity to get injured and will Barton has played a ton of games a ton of minutes thus far and you don't want to wear him down going into the into the playoffs that would be a that's really great point. bad situation so if you could play each of those guys like 28 to 30 minutes as opposed to 32 to 34, then at sure. least it, it just gives you just a little bit of extra time. So I agree. I think that Murray should play about 32. Each of those guys, Harrison Barton, should play about 28 to 30. Millsap should be all the way down to like 24. Like there's there's no way that he's playing more than half the game most of the time, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Jokic plays about 32 like he's been playing. Uh, Grant plays about 24. Porter plays about 20 to 24. Morris plays about yeah, 16 to 20. And then Plumley plays all the backup center minutes. That's uh, yeah. Is There's not enough room for Malik Beasley in there. There's not enough room for Torrey Craig in there. Uh, what do you do with those guys? Are they on the outside looking in, or is Michael Malone going to continue to try and play them?
1: I think it'll be really interesting, especially during the regular season and not in playoffs where it's a little bit more cut and dry who's going to play. But I think Malone needs to come to terms with the fiddling and the, you know, tinkering with this lineup as much as he has. He's had a lot of injuries, so you've had, injuries have given him a plethora of chances to try out different lineups like it's time to be decisive after the all-star break it's time to decide who your guys are and i've said it many times this isn't peewee basketball you know this isn't gold crown not everyone has to play my sister's on a gold crown team right now and she, her coach doesn't even play everybody so he's not wor- worried about hurting people's feelings i don't think malone can continue to kind of be like you know, a player's coach in that way. And just like keep everyone on their good side. I don't, I'm not that I'm not saying that he's doing that purposely now. I think he truly is tinkering when trying to figure out what is working best. But I think enough time will have passed by the end of the all-star break that you, I mean, the stars will have aligned. It'll be written right in front of his face by then, like who he needs to be playing more. And Honestly, when you described broke down the minutes just a second ago, it felt very easy. It feels very easy if the starting five is that five that you said with MPJ on there. Or if MPJ go, stays at his 20 minutes and is the first guy off the bench or grants the first guy off the bench. And Barton, Harris, and MPJ are split in 2020-20. You know, I think that seems very doable and appropriate. And I think it's starting to be, like, written in front of your face in permanent marker. Like, Malone's going to see it, too.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. I like, I like I said, if you've got those nine guys, then what happens to Malik Beasley? What happens to Wancho? What happens to Torrey Craig? Do you keep those guys as insurance, or do you explore the trade market a little bit and try and at least get some value for them? Is there one of those nine guys that you try and upgrade upon in order to have a better playoff rotation? I don't really see a great upgrade. I don't really see a, I don't really see that being the way that they go, but that's something that Tim Connolly is going to have to play around with. That's something that's an honest conversation that he and Michael Malone are going to have to have that. Hey, if Beasley's not going to play and if they don't think he's going to play going forward, why is he here? Like, wire... Insurance.
1: Uh, yeah. Beasley's so- insurance. Tory is insurance. Wancho is chopping block. Like,
0: Yeah, that's the guy. That's...
1: It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Because Torrey's your defensive wing insurance. And uh, Beasley's your shooter insurance. And Plumlee and Wancho, uh, I think, are closer to being traded. I mean, Wancho, much closer. Plumlee, you know... Backing up people has a, backing up less people. You know there are less people yeah. in that position. Um,
0: Grant has really showed over these last few games that he can play backup five minutes. That if, yeah. if Jokic is in the game as and he's playing thirty eight minutes a game in the playoffs like he did last year, then you only have to play ten backup five minutes. And if Grant can play that, then what is Plumlee's role? What like maybe that's the guy that has to go. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. There are a lot of questions that they have to answer, and we're gonna have them all here at Denver Stiffs. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about the deadline as it comes up. We'll react to the All Star Game, react to all these guys, and then how things kind of progress as the season goes along because the playoffs are inching closer. It's gonna be. It's going to be upon us really quick, and and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this group goes into the playoffs, whether they can go in there with some high momentum or whether they're scuffling a little bit. So you have any parting thoughts for me before we take off?
1: No, I'm excited for basketball tomorrow. I'm glad the Nuggets are in town. I'm, like, thirsting for a Nuggets home game. Like, there's not enough right now, Nuggets basketball
0: in Denver. I'm looking forward to it. Utah Jazz, come to Denver on Thursday night. That will be a national TV game. If you don't have plans to watch it, make plans. Because it's going to be a lot of fun. The Jazz are playing really good basketball right now. And the Nuggets, this is a really good measuring stick game for uh, against a team that they may face in the playoffs. So, yes. I'm looking forward to it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. She is Jenna Garcia at Vita Viva Diva. I am Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn. Both of those handles, you can find them on Twitter. Check out denverstiffs.com for all of the best Nuggets coverage on the web. And make sure to listen to the rest of the podcasts on the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Thank you again for tuning in, sticking with us for this long podcast, and we will talk to you guys next week.